Down to the Nub Podcast, the cigar podcast show focusing on premium cigars and good times. With industry leaders, cigar giveaways, interviews, and more, here are your hosts, Cigar Show Tim and Brandon Cigar Mechanic Wells. Let's get it started. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 12 of Down to the Nub Podcast. How you doing, Brandon? Man, if I was any better, I'd be you. There you go. Well, and you were, you, holy, you are back out in the lounges, hitting the trails. You were, you were yeah. going. Yeah, man, we're out here and we're doing our thing, man. We got to get out and visit the shops. And, you know, listen, people are still skeptical and shops are still skeptical about ordering because, oh, yeah. you know, all the stuff that's going on and everything in the media. But, you know, we're not going to let that hold us back. We're going to continue to get out and enjoy the consumers, bring that lounge environment, have a bunch of fun and, uh, you know, just do what we do and introduce people to new cigars. Exactly. Now, uh, we we love being able to mix it up, obviously. On the live a couple weeks ago, I was remote, and now you're remote today. Where are you at? <laughs> I don't think it's always on purpose that we're mixing this up. No. <laughs> Sometimes it's the way it works out, man. Yep. Uh, I'm actually sitting, I'm sitting in the back lounge of Big Sticks Fine Cigars here in Mesa, and uh, this is an excellent, excellent shop. They've got, um, Drew, what do they have here? Like 4,000, 5,000 square feet? Yeah, so it's one of the biggest uh, cigar lounges in the state. They have, I think, I think a total of almost five thousand square feet here, with like wow. an eight hundred and fifty square foot humidor. Um, and Paul Paul Buza is the owner, uh, the proprietor here. He's known as Tobacco Jesus, and has been in the industry for well over thirty years, and just knows everything there is to know about tobacco. So it's just one of those great shops that you can come and get informed and you know, get to experience that old that old cigar shop you know, uh, environment where there's just, there's a guy that's knowledgeable and, you know, the people that are ragging on each other and having fun. And it's just a great place. Very cool. And it's cool that places like that are opening back up because here in Southern California, you know, people are starting to get back out a little more and do some different things. You know, we're a little bit delayed from some of the other States, but it's nice that people are comfortable. And I think they're just itching to get out. There's some people that are a little bit, you know, hesitant, yeah. but for the most part, I think people are just itching to get back out and talk to people and not have to stare at a screen to talk to people and all those kinds of things. So it's, it's nice to see that there's sure. some semblance of getting back to whatever normal looks like now. Yeah. And the great thing for us here is like, we never really fully shut down. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we've always had, you can still walk into the humidor and grab your cigars or, you know, you get at the curbside and all that stuff uh, here for big sticks. He has uh, uh beer and wine as well so that portion was shut down for for a good while right but you could still come in and pick up the cigars you liked you just couldn't sit in here and smoke or you couldn't enjoy a beer or some wine now that's open back up so yeah it's really it's, it's cool to see it getting to some sort of semblance of normalcy again we we desperately need that here everywhere oh, yeah yeah we, we definitely yeah. do well, I'm excited for this week's episode because we've got another content creator in the cigar community yeah uh, and I mean, when you look up his Instagram and you see what he does, the the creativity in his photos and what he does is really cool to look at colorful. And, you know, he spotlights other people that have made accessories for him and all that kind of stuff. So we've got Rob Boyland. Uh, the final third cigar is going to be with us today. So let's bring him on and let's get it going. Let's get it going, man. Hey, Rob, how you doing? Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing well. Thanks for coming Good. on today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we love having you here, man. And dude, I love that background. Where are you? 
central Indiana. Just happens to be a beautiful 85 degree day today. Nice. Oh, man, I am so jealous. I think we're, we're over 100 degrees here today. So oh, I'm not man. sitting. I think we're going to be up in the low 90s coming up here in a few days, but I'll take that over the hundreds. <laughs> well, and surprisingly, I, I'm the coolest of the three of us. I'm sitting at 76 degrees here in Southern California. Oh, oh nice. <laughs> you you could have kept that to yourself. <laughs> All right, no. <laughs> it's like that year long, though, isn't it? Uh, not quite. We during the summer we'll get we'll get hot for Southern California. We'll have a week or two where we hit 110, yeah. 115. Oh, okay. Um, but summertime we won't hit 115. Stop it. We will <laughs> here in Corona. We do. We'll hit 115 <laughs> for like three days out of the year. <laughs> but like, I love it. Summertime we're we're sitting in the mid 90s. Okay. Yeah. For us. And that's when my dad calls me and goes, oh, it's so hot out here. It's so hot. I'm like, really, do we shut down the airport because it was 122 degrees today, and you're complaining about 90. Stop yeah, it. <laughs> off the airplanes. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's cool. Man. So, Rob, what are you smoking? I am smoking a Martinez Passion. Martinez Cigars is so good. We, we've recently gotten to know Martinez really yeah. well, Dave and Jesus. And, yeah. Yeah. And, they just put out phenomenal sticks. I mean, for as many years as they've been creating cigars and rolling them in the, the way that they do it, Martinez Cigars absolutely is one of those brands that obviously you're enjoying. And if, if any of our listeners or viewers haven't checked them out, go and check out Martinez Cigars. We were fortunate enough to sit down with Dave and Jesus about a month ago. Yeah, yeah. they're great, great people up there. Oh, they're great people. Yeah. And you're having the Passion, you said, right? Yep. Yeah, I've got a, a 45 and still have a flat iron in the humidor as well, so... So good, good. sticks. Beautiful. Flat iron is phenomenal. I mean, they're all it good. Is. flat iron just stands out. Yeah. yeah. Between that and the 45, it's a toss up right now for me. Very nice. Brennan, what are you smoking? I'm actually smoking the Palos Grandes. This is uh, the Big Sticks Fine Cigars uh, house roll. So they actually have a, a manufacturer's license here at Big Sticks that they recently got, I don't know, probably within the last year. And um, they get all their tobacco from Hochi Blanco. Um, and you know, who does uh, La Galera and um, what else does he do? I think Sam's Pry does he do those too? So he does a lot of the really good uh cigars out there, very, very well known for his tobacco. And they get their tobacco from him and they roll all of these cigars right here in Mesa in the shop. So it's, it's cool you can come by and see cigars being rolled and pick up that's locally made right here in Arizona. So I'm enjoying the Habano from them, very nice. And I am having you. I am having uh, what's a house stick, but is created uh, by Aladino. It's the Aladino Oro, so the Connecticut, and it's for Cigar King. And if you guys have not uh, heard of or checked out Cigar King, they have amazing deals on boutique cigars and all sorts of different cigars. But, I mean, this one is essentially a house blend, but it's made by Aladino, which makes phenomenal cigars. And, I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely enjoying it. Great Connecticut. And I'm pairing it with some uh, Jameson um coffee cold brew uh whiskey and it is pairing like it's a a, a strong morning for me <laughs> <laughs> and it's not morning right now but and it is definitely not morning so yes <laughs> it's got a nice dark color and everything but it's it, it's pairing very well but it's it's a good stick so rob if you want to walk us through sort of uh what is the final third introduce everybody to who you are what you do i mean the content like i mentioned at the beginning you've got a very creative style to what you do as a content creator and a cigar influencer and lover. So why don't you go ahead and talk about that? Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, 
Yeah, I, I started doing um, the Instagram page a little while back and decided I'd start um, putting out some more reviews on, especially on some of the boutique blends, some of the smaller brands that don't get a lot of exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've really enjoyed doing that. So I created finalthirdcigar.com and it has um, a, a page for reviews. I've got a page for what I call the cigar scene. You know, any of the cigar lounges around, I do reviews for them as well. Uh-huh. And then I'm, I'm getting ready to open up some press releases and stuff like that as well. So, um, but I've been doing that now and um, been able to connect with a bunch of the smaller uh, brands out there. And it's really been a, a lot of fun to connect with them and some of the larger brands as well. Um, just, it's a great community and I just, I've loved con- connecting with more people like you guys, you know, I, I'm, I'm friends with the pulpit as well. So, um, it's just been a lot of fun to connect with, with a lot of you people in the industry that, um, really it's just all about us all loving the same thing and connecting around that. Nice. Now what, what manufacturers, what brands have you, uh, done any partnerships with or reviewed or what boutiques have, have you really come to enjoy lately? Yeah. Um, well, Martinez is one of them. I, I've loved leather cigars. I've, I've had a lot of conversations with Dave. He's just a really good guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so Martinez is one drunk chicken cigars. I don't know if you ever heard of them or not. They're out of New York. They're actually friends with Dave up there as well. Um, and they make some really good cigars. I'm really in love with their Habanos. I know you like Habanos, um, Brandon. So it, it's really, a, a good blends of three Habanos they have and, yeah. um, Blackbird, it's another okay. cigar brand that I've been, I, I love their whole line. I got their sample pack from, um, I'm not sure who sent it to me, but I got the sample pack. I think it may have been, may have been Jonas. Um, but he sent that to me and I'll tell you what, every one of those sticks in that bundle were just amazing. Um, I'm not right. a Connecticut guy and I even like the Connecticut, which is pretty, pretty amazing. So those three are three of the big ones. Um, I'm actually reviewing one now, a little company called Shafiat collection, which I'd never heard of. Um, but I saw them out there and they're actually, um, partnering with organizations trying to end human trafficking. And that's something that in my, my past, I've been very passionate about as well. So, you know, I wanted to review those for them. And, and so far I've smoked two of the cigars and both of them were really good. So, um, but those are, those are four that I've done here recently. Um, and just out there connecting with as many people as possible. Very cool. Yeah, I always, I always love the cigar brands that are doing something for you know, the greater community, not even just, it doesn't have to be just for the cigar community, but when you right. find guys like that are creating the cigars and they're trying to use, you know, their profits from the cigars to help better just the overall planet and, you know, the environment that we all live in. That, I think that's yeah. just amazing to find those guys. I agree. I, I think whenever you can connect um, a passion in your, not only just a passion for cigars, but a passion for you know, doing something better for humanity. I think it's a, it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. We're good friends with uh, Steve from frontline cigars. And I know that he, you know, he's using that platform to help to uh, work with his helping heroes foundation, you know, that helps first responders and, and uh, you know, military veterans that are struggling. Uh, he takes, he's been buying masks and toilet paper and uh, you know, Lysol and disinfectant for a lot of the first responders that haven't been able to get them. And just using you know, the cigar platform and getting good cigars to consumers and taking some of that profit and turning it into helping you know, these first responders. Those, those are the guys that I really love to see supported. And they seem to be some of the smallest guys out there. Yeah. And it's like, how do we get that word out there and get them supported and help them grow and help them maintain the integrity of what their intention was with their company? You yeah. know, and I, I think you know, we all can come in and help with that. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I, 
I've loved seeing a lot of the um, small, I, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but it seems like there's a very large group of small brands out there that are either um, first respondents or um, military, you know, all those yep. in, in one. And it's really cool to see them have a passion for what they come out of and then put it in to work for themselves in their cigar brand as well. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool to see how the cigar industry, and I wouldn't even say the community because it's all together, but the cigar industry has so many different facets and there is a large amount of people that are in the industry so they can give back and they're yeah. part of the industry so they can bring exposure to people that maybe are underserviced or under-resourced or you know be able to support people that normally we would think are able to take care of themselves because there is a stigma with first responders of oh well we know that they've got their income and they've got this and they've got that and yeah they put their life on the line but you know they've got everything and they're, they're taking care of or the medical field or whatever but to be able to be intentional about supporting people like that whether it's any of the organizations that you know send cigars overseas to our troops you know there are multiple ones that are out there or helping yeah. for responders or any people being able to be a part of the cigar industry in the cigar community that can bring awareness and exposure to that is absolutely necessary especially with everything that's going on today to be able to support everybody regardless of who you are and not I'm not going to get political at all but regardless of who you are your background and anything that makes up who you are you know as a person today being able to just support each other and support your fellow man and your fellow woman is really what it's all about yeah i totally agree and that's one thing it's kind of cool to see in the cigar in the cigar world alone it seems like there are it's such a good connection of collective people. Um, you know, I'd like to see some of the bigger brands actually come out and do a little bit more for some of these causes because, yep. you know, just like yep. what we're going through right now, um, I don't see that in the cigar, in the cigar realm. I don't see a lot of that, the racial tensions and stuff like that. I mean, I go to the cigar lounge. I'm sure you guys do the same thing and yep. you've got people from every ethnicity, every religion or not religion. And it's just like, people just connecting and it's all around the love of the leaf. And all of a sudden now you have a connection and people talk. And I think that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. I was actually sitting in a lounge yesterday. Um, and one of my, one of my buddies I haven't seen in forever, uh, his name is Kosh and I haven't seen him in forever. And he pops in, man. And we actually talked about that. Um, and we, we talked about the cigar community and how, you know, black, white, Asian, it doesn't matter. Everybody's sitting together in the same room and we're just having a conversation and none of it, I mean, he actually said to me, he goes, man, if I slit my wrist and you slit your wrist, we both bleed the same. Mm -hmm. You know, we're both enjoying, you know, a cigar. Like, wh why should there be all this tension? We just, we shouldn't be here. So let's just enjoy a cigar and have good conversation together and help each other out. And that's, that's what this community, man, it's, it's just such a neat, such a big, small community. And everybody just seems to just get along and just enjoy each other's company. For sure. Yeah. So yeah. question for you regarding your, your cigar reviews, your ratings and all that. Mm -hmm. Some people go with the traditional rating, you know, out of a hundred, but they never seem to get below 85 because 85 means that you're basically <laughs> picking up the leaves in your yard and smoking them, you know, and yeah. other people go with a, I like it. It's okay. Or no, it sucks. Don't smoke it. You know, and there's all sorts of different ratings. How do you approach when you review a cigar, your rating scale or your approach to ratings? Yeah, I actually, I use a, a calculator. I mean, it's, it's the same type of calculator for up to a hundred. Um, and I just go through each cigar, start off with a fresh palate and go through each cigar. And um, really, I just kind of go, I, I take each line by line. So that way I'm not thinking ahead and trying to, you know, just like, for example, the cigar brand Shafia, I love their, their cause. But you look at that and I'm like, 
you know, I could easily as their cause say, oh, wow, I, I want to give them a 95 because I really want to see them succeed. But it may not be that good of a cigar. So I, I try to be as honest as possible. Um, there's been a couple of them I've had that, that were not very good cigars. And, um, and one, I, in, instead of actually posting a, a bad review, I contacted the, the manufacturer and just talked to them about it and said, you know, these are some thoughts I have and, you know, they're trying to get better and they're trying to grow and they're trying to create a new brand. So, you know, I don't want to crap on any brands. That's, that's right. one thing I don't want to do, mm-hmm. but I also don't want to overinflate and give someone the impression that that this cigar is a 92 when it's actually really only maybe an 83 or whatever. So yeah, and it gets I, I try to be as honest as possible. And, and, and that's the best part of it. You know, it gets tricky because, you know, as, as a fellow cigar reviewer, you know, I've been sent cigars and because it's somebody you become friends with or whatever it is, you, you, you want to feel pressured into going, Oh man, the cigar is great. Even though it may not be hitting your palate or it may not be your, you know, your right up your alley or in your wheelhouse. But at the end of the day, the viewers are going to be able to recognize. I mean, we were talking with Ron Real not too long ago, and and had mm-hmm. him on our live show, and and he said, you know, at the end of the day, being real and and being honest with what you do is going to carry you a whole lot further than feeling like you've got to just say, oh no, this this cigar is amazing because everybody everybody loves it, you know, and, right. and and I I think that's really what it comes down to content creation wise is as long as the reviewers that are in the industry can be honest with it and not feel like they've got to be pressured because they've got sponsorship of brand X behind them. And they feel like their new cigar, they just have to rave about or a boutique one or whatever it is, but being honest and being transparent, you know, about your palate. And, and that's exactly what it is. It's, it's your palate. So I'm exactly. sure right, you've had cigars where you go, man, this, like you just mentioned, this just didn't hit my palate. I, I didn't care for it, but you're able to reach out to that manufacturer and go, Hey, this, is what's going on and the fact that they're actually listening and doing something about it and going we want to improve the customer experience that right. that that's what the industry is about because if yeah. they can produce a cigar that more people enjoy everybody's winning exactly yep totally agree yeah and i think uh, you know what's most important is you know we talked about this again with ron it's is you know is maintaining your integrity and, you know, we talked about your first review that you put out, Tim, and it was one of the brands that I represent. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that last part didn't hit your palate and that's fine. That doesn't make it a bad cigar and you can't go out there and bash that cigar. You have to you have to have a, a certain level of integrity. You have to have a certain level of, um, of just, you know, couth about the way you do things and making sure that you're if there's something you don't like, you don't go out there and say this thing's an absolute dog turd. No. You know, find a good way just to, to say that you know, people ask me about that when I'm doing my job, you know, Hey, what do you think about this X cigar? And it's one that's just not my palate. And I told them that, listen, it's not my palate, but what do you enjoy smoking? And maybe that's going to fit your palate. And just because it doesn't fit mine does not make it a bad cigar. And I think so often we find that that reviews are either, either presented that way or they are taken that way of, Oh, that cigar got an 86. That's a bad cigar it just didn't fit that person's palate there. And they try to be as neutral as possible. A lot of the guys do. I mean, I'm good friends with half of them. They try to be as neutral as possible. However, at the end of the day, that rating is still judged by someone's palate and yeah. you have to be aware of that. Well, and tastes are so subjective. I mean, I, I know yes. most of the tastes I come up with are, I mean, it's just, it's a, a reflection of a memory. In my opinion, I think you, you remember a flavor and all of a sudden you're thinking, wow, that was, that was from here. I remember that flavor well, and it just, it, it's, it's memory. It's all memory. And I, that's what I love about it. And that's one of the reasons I post the, um, my actual rating sheet. I put it on the bottom of each one of the reviews mm-hmm. because that way someone can look by and say, 
well, you know, these are the flavor notes he says he gets, but I'm seeing that he's, his numbers for the flavors are a little low. That means I may not like that flavor profile, yes. but the construction is top notch. And, you know, the other areas are top notch. And like, you know, they can see that maybe the reason why I voted a lower, lower was because I just didn't like the flavors or you know, they can mm. actually see now this is because this had some serious construction issues. That way, you know, yeah. people can actually look and determine on their own if they really want to try it or not. Because there is a big difference between a cigar just performing very poorly and a cigar just not fitting your flavor palette. There's exactly. a very big difference between that. And a lot of people will look at a review and go, oh, they just thought that cigar was terrible. I'm not going to smoke it. Well, no, 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 no. What they said they didn't care for was the flavors. You know, it got bitter. It got this. It got hot. You know, whatever it may be. That That's, that's their perception of it. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't try it because – I mean, I have two reviews out now on my channel where the first third and the second third were were good. I enjoy them. I got to the final third, same as your name, obviously. <laughs> and and the, the experience just didn't, plug. Yeah, I, <laughs> thanks for that. There you go. Checks in the mail. The perfect. <laughs> but the, the experience unfortunately didn't pan out positively in the end, and so now it's when people go, "Hey, I like a cigar that's that's really charred and oaky, and you know maybe a little bit of of earthy bitterness to it." I know two cigars, then I can recommend to them and say, "These are in your wheelhouse." Then, just because yeah. it's not mine doesn't mean I'm going to say, "Oh, you know what? Don't ever smoke this brand. Don't ever go to that cigar." No, it's all about saying. And being familiar enough with what you review and knowing your palate to be able to talk to someone, whether in a lounge or, you know, one on one as a buddy or whatever it may be to say, hey, if, if you like this kind and obviously Brandon does this every day as a cigar broker. But if you like this kind and these are the kind of notes and the experience that you enjoy, this is going to be in your wheelhouse and go and check that out. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's the fun part about what I get, what I do is, you know, the fun part and the scary part is because, you know, Drew and I are always in lounges together and, you know, or, and, or in separate doing events, but we're with the people there. So when we're doing an event, it's kind of funny because, you know, I might recommend a cigar based on what someone's palate is or what they tell me. And I mean, it happened the other day. I said, I think this one's going to really, you know, really going to knock your socks off and you're going to enjoy it. And they didn't really enjoy it. Like I watched her and, and come to find out, it was something that she had eaten that I think really affected it uh, because she started feeling kind of just weird and uh, it wasn't a nicotine buzz. She was kind of going through some like allergies and all that stuff was starting to pack up on her. But yeah, I felt so bad. So I went and grabbed her something different and said, here, you know what? Just, just take this one on me. Like I felt responsible at that point and I'm looking at that person, you know, I'm not just like, I don't get to post something up and somebody may try and may not like I'm right there face to face with the people, you know, so it, it makes yeah. it, it makes it really interesting. You know, you kind of get put on that spot. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. In instant feedback as opposed to somebody being able to yeah. look at it and go, Oh, well I'll just wait for the next review for you. It's, it's right there. And it's, Hey, no, uh -huh. I don't like this. No, I got to take care of this right now. <laughs> it's a 30 second review. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. why it's always kind of nice to ask, ask, you know, what people like, you know, what, what do they like to drink and, you know, what, yep. what are they, you know, do, do they already have a flavor profile they like or a strength? You know, I've, I've um, talked to a lot of people that were just brand new wanting to get into cigars. And they called me and said, Hey, take me to the cigar shop and, and help me pick some out. And, you know, one of the, I always try to, you know, turn them to a Perdomo, you know, champagne or a, my father's Connecticut as a startup because they're really good flavored, but they're also pretty mild where mm -hmm. it's not going to knock someone out of the park right away. Right. And I've had other people say, no, I really want to go strong. I'm like, okay, here we go. 
So <laughs> go, you know, buckle up, here we go, <laughs> buckle up. So, and I, and you can yeah. usually tell people that are the, the kind of people that can handle that, that aren't going to like, you know, freak out when they get something too strong, you know, they're, it's right. not going to turn them away, but the majority will get turned away if it's just too strong. They'll think yeah. everything's like that. Well, I'm just glad you didn't say you, you know, go and get them some Swisher sweets or black. I don't have any enemies, that, enemies that bad. So yeah. <laughs> well played, well played. <laughs> well played. So now I wanted I wanted to ask you, uh, Rob, when you're when you're reviewing cigars, are you just smoking one cigar, or do you smoke multiple cigars before you uh, actually produce the review? It really depends on what I what I'm sent. Um, if if I get sent more than one, I will smoke one just for enjoyment to kind of get a feel for them, and then I will go into the second one the next day and really you know hammer it down. But a lot of times I'm only getting one cigar. And, you know, with them being small brands, you know, I can't get them around here locally. So it's yeah. just that one cigar. But I always try to start off with a really fresh palate in the morning, um, drink it, you know, with some water or some really, really mild iced tea or something like that. So I'm not, you know, affecting the flavors at all. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting because it's um, I, I know sometimes, you know, you can get a cigar that just, you know, they're, they're naturally made products. So you can get a cigar yeah. that's uh, you know maybe has a burn issue or a tunnel or you know, something along those lines that just, you know, it's a dead spot in the cigar that didn't get caught during production. And that's very difficult to catch. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting to, to review these smaller brands. And I would think that, you know, uh, that they would send you enough cigars that you can, you know, have a multiple cigar experience in case you happen to get the one lucky one that just had issues. Right. I've had, I had one manufacturer that sent me one and, and I knew it was a good brand. And I got one that was, it was pretty bad. It was plugged up. I mean, I had to use a nubbing tool and it was just, it was, it was terrible. And, um, I reached out to them and said, you know, I know, I know this is just a bad cigar. They ended up sending me a couple more and I was able to smoke it and, and it was perfect, you know, on the, the construction. So you're right. I mean, you, you'll get one bad every once in a while. You know, don't judge a book on, on one blend or one cigar you pick up. Yep. Now there are multiple different ways to go about, right. you know, smoking a right. cigar. Yeah, and, and that's the difficult thing. There, there are multiple different ways to go about cutting a cigar and preparing it and everything. Obviously, you know, toasting the foot, there's all the talk, oh, do it this way and don't burn it and don't do all these different things. But cutting cigars, it seems like mm -hmm. a lot of people have talked about the way they cut cigars, you know, especially with all the new cutters that are coming out, whether it's a, a deep V or a shallow V from the cheap ones or a, a basic V cut or, you know, serrated blade, serrated blade edges, you know, and, and, you know, straight cut punches. What is your preferred method of cutting a cigar or do you rotate through depending on the cigar? It, it really depends on the cigar. I look at the cap and see what it looks like. If it's, if it's a solid triple cap, that's pretty down, pretty far down, or even a, a really nice double cap that's pretty far down. I'll I'll use a deep V cut. The, I use the Calibri deep V, and because um, I, I really just enjoy that for the cigar, it gives you a really good draw uh, right off the bat. Um, but if it's if it's a shallower, what's what are you, what are you laughing about? <laughs> Inside joke here. <laughs> I gotta get you a lotus. I gotta get you the lotus serrated V cutter, man. I'm telling you. Uh, you know, I've heard, but I've not seen those yet, so I'll have to get one of those. The Jaws um, 2.0, and I, I have it, and I, I use it when I want a, a V-cut. The, the Jaws oh, nice. 2.0 serrated blade V-cut uh, is, and I'll, I'll go squirrel rabbit hole for a moment. Uh, I have the Calibri <laughs> EP. I've got the rose gold one. 
uh, and I enjoyed it. But some of the cigars, especially a, a more shallow cap, uh, if it's yeah. a double wrap, uh, but Robustos and some other ones, it would cut too far down to the cap and into the shoulder and the cigar would start to unravel. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, when I got turned on to, you know, the Lotus 2.0, the Jaws and did that, I haven't had that issue since only because it's not as deep of a V cut. So that's that's the the thing that Brendan's laughing about. And we're sort of laughing is because he he represents Lotus Vertigo. And uh, gotcha. and so that's that's why. But but I, I still have my Calibrian, you know, when people come over, or I'm at a lounge or whatever, you know, I'll hand it to them and bring because, oh, let me check it out because it's, it is a cutter that a lot of people talk about. But if they're there for multiple cigars, I actually will hand them the Calibri and have them try it and then hand them the Jaws for the next one. And some people have looked at it and gone, wait, why does this look different? You know, and of course, it's not spring loaded and different things, but the the way that the blades go and everything, you know, not this is a commercial for Lotus, but the way that everything <laughs> works, <it> into it. <laughs> I know, right? But the way that everything works for it, for me, my own experience, and again, it's all subjective because your experience yep. is different than my experience. Uh, I prefer personally the Jaws 2.0 over the Calibri, only because you know, yeah. Well, I'll reach out to you, Brandon, and we'll I'll try to get one of those because that sounds good. I, I wouldn't mind even doing a review on that one because I, I, I yeah. love this one. But you're right. I mean, if you get a shallow cap and, and you screw up and use it, then it's going to be a bad, bad experience with that whole cigar. So, yeah, I get I mean, yeah. typically, if it's a shallow one, I end up using my my XO um, cutter from Zycar. You know, I, it's it's a good cutter. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you could use you could use a. Um, What's uh, what's the other one? The Cuban Creation one. Um, Cuban Crafters. Yeah, I can't think of the name of the the perfect cutter. That's what it is. Um, yeah. And I, oh, yeah. you know, th those those work great. I, I give those a lot. I'll take those a lot of times with a new cigar smoker, so they can, you know, get a feel for what they're actually cutting that way. Um, but yeah, it really yeah. just depends on the cigar for me. But nice, I do man. like the V yep. V for the most part. It's probably my my go to if I can. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to get you one of those cutters, man. So just yeah, reach out and I'll shoot one over to you. And yeah, I will. You know, or I'll, I'll reach out to Lotus too, or see if they want to shoot one or two over to you, and that way you can do a review on them for them. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Cool, man. There you go. So, what do you have as future outlook for uh, Final Third Cigar and plans? for development or are you are you one that which is great because i think people need to find a format and, and stick with their format but are, are what are your plans for the future you know new introductions to what you do what's what's sort of the the outlook moving forward yeah honestly um my goal getting into doing this was i wanted to be a part of the cigar industry um i've been in my career for almost 30 years now and you know i I'm tired of being or selling something and, and doing customer service for something I'm not passionate about. So it's time to get into something I am passionate about. So that's what I'm doing. I'm working my way into the industry and, um, you know, wherever that leads is where it leads. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm looking to, to do that. But, you know, this right now is just a way for me to connect with people like you guys and and connect more people to cigars. You know, I've had a lot of people reach out to me on a cigar um, review and they ask me questions about it. I'm like, this is awesome. Now they get a chance to try something they've never seen because most of the brands, not all of them, but most of the brands I've um, reviewed have been ones that people have never even heard of, let alone seen in their local humidor. So it's just been, for me, it's just a connection to the community and, and starting to get myself out there so I can connect with more people. I love it, man. Now you were saying earlier, we were, before we went on air, we were, your daughter walked by and we were talking about family and 
I know you have a couple of older kids uh, yeah. in their 20s. Do any of your, your kids smoke cigars with you? Um, my oldest daughter, um, she, she'll smoke one occasionally with me. Um, nice. She, you know, just occasionally, not very often. My wife will smoke with me occasionally. She likes, she likes sweeter cigars. So, you know, drunk chicken, she's Des over drunk chicken has sent me over several of the sweet dreams. And that's my wife's favorite cigar now. So, <laughs> you know, but, but no, the other two, um, my 17 year old, I've had her puff on it a couple of times. Don't, don't tell anybody, but, um, <laughs> I didn't, she's was. not, <laughs> yeah, she, 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 she doesn't like them. So. Nice. Yeah. And I'm, you are years away from that. Uh, I, I think it's really <laughs> cool when you can involve your family though. I mean, listen, you're, you're clearly passionate about cigars. You're clearly passionate about this industry and you know, you're already starting to involve your family and you get your kids and you know, everyone, even just if it's, you know, twice a year, sit down and have a cigar with one of your kids. I mean, yeah. how, how nice is that? Yeah. My son-in-laws are both, uh, I got them into cigars too. So they love it. Um, nice my nephew same way. And, and actually it's funny cause my wife will tell people stories all the time about um, probably the best thing that's ever happened to our marriage was when I started smoking cigars daily because we'd sit out on the back deck and hang out and, you know, we got an hour and a half, two hours to sit down and just talk and, you know, uninterrupted time. And it's, it's been the best thing for our marriage. And I mean, gosh, we've been married for 28 years. So that says something. Wow. That's congratulations! Great. Oh, thank See, you. Cigars keep people married. You guys heard yeah. it here. Exactly. <laughs> just start smoking baby but it, it, it's right. fun when it comes to to involving family and all that because i for uh fourth of july i think it was or oh no new year's eve not this past new year's eve but the one before a couple of my brothers and my brother-in-law and sister were out from new york and different things and i just asked them leading up to it i said hey if you guys are opposed to it let me know it's no big deal but i've i've got cigars and if you want to have a cigar on new year's eve I'd enjoy doing that. It would be a lot of fun. And now my oldest brother, even when talking about 4th of July or different things coming up was like, Hey, and if we want to sit out and have a cigar at the end of the day, and I'm just like, Oh, okay. It's, it's, it's working its way into it, you know, and it, it, even if it's once every year and a half, being able to do those things is a lot of fun for me because I grew up in a very conservative Christian home and, you know, mm -hmm. my mom still doesn't care for the fact that I enjoy cigars and that's fine because that's her position and I have mine. But, uh, but it, it's fun when you get to have that that close bond as a family, even if it's something they don't do a lot. My oldest brother enjoys a pipe every once in a while, so I know that he has no issues with it. Um, but it, it's just fun. I mean, my brother-in-law sat there, you know, is puffing on it, and he's doing the fun little, you know, blowing out smoke and, you know, being <laughs> silly and goofy. But it makes for fun memories, and it makes for, you know, fun times that you yeah. can look back on and go, that that was something memorable. Yeah. Yeah, and it's really fun when you're when you start smoking with somebody and, um, my nephew is a great example of this. Um, you know, he, he picked up one and I, and I smoked it with him and he, he loved it and went home that weekend, bought himself, you know, the little, the little portable humidor for the desktop and, mm -hmm. you know, the, 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 what, 20 sticks that comes free with it and stuff like that. Realized pretty quickly he liked, you know, more expensive stuff. So within, <laughs> within about a month, he had two or uh, three humidors and they were all full. So I'm nice. like, like, dude, you need to move up to the, to the new air or something like that now. So, <laughs> yeah. yep. Now, what do you, what do you keep all of your cigars in? Do you have multiple desktops? Do you have like a, a, a cooler door? What do you use for storage and for humidification? Yeah, I have a, a new air. Um, it's, it's the smaller one. So it's like a 250 count, I think. 
Okay. But I mean, honestly, I need to, I need to move up on that one. Cause that one, uh, it gets full pretty quickly. So I, you know, I, I've had a couple of times to put it in a Tupperdor or I've got one desktop humidor. I usually keep all my, my wife's sweeter sticks in that for her. Um, but then, yeah, I, I, I need to move up to something larger or make something much larger. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. We're actually getting ready to sell our house and move. And I told my wife the other night, I said, you know, if there's a good place to work it out in the new house, I'd love to do like a built into the wall where it's, you know, an internal wall where the heat's not going to affect it and, you know, line it with a Spanish cedar and do everything and do a built in humidor. And she goes, as long as we have a space for it, I don't care. That's fine. Cause I've got a hundred count desktop humidor that's filled to the gills and three other desktop humidors between 25 and 50 counts that they can hold that are yeah. mostly all full right now. It's like, yeah, I need to have a better solution. Cause I've got, you know, 16 different Bovida packs and this isn't here and I got to rotate through and is that one dried out? And it's just like, I need one place to take care of everything. Yeah. And I've, I've recently started using the, the three twenty um, gram Bovidas in my, um, my larger humidor. And I need, and it's funny cause I switched down to 65% for summer um, because it seems to get more humid in there and, and it's still not coming down much below 70. So I'm going to probably go out and get some of those, what are they, 62 or 61, whatever they have. Yeah, 62. Cause, you know, just, yeah, because I would try to get it down a little bit lower because I, I prefer them around the 65% humidity. Yeah. Um, but I haven't been able to get mine down to that very well lately. So that's something I'm working on. Yeah, mine are sitting at about 65% right now with uh, yeah. the 67s in there, uh, especially my 100 count. You know, that's where it's sitting right now. But yeah, I mean, here in Southern California during the summer, the the humidity stays up, even though it's not a humid state like you would get in the south. There's still more humidity here. And, you know, as the temperature goes up, it's like, OK, I'm getting it 71, 72. It's getting a really dangerous territory in my mind for the you cigars. Too. And so I'll put it in a different spot in the room, in the house and do those different things. But it's like, OK, I'll go I'll go mid 60s during the summertime and then ramp it up with my, you know, Bovida packs or whatever I'm using, you know, up to the 72 percent ones for the winter time, so that it holds it and retains. And it usually works pretty well for me. But I would just love to have one place to keep everything all together. Same here. Yeah, that's why I wanted to get the larger the larger cooler door just so I can have one that has the cooling and heating feature on it, but also be able to keep that humidity pretty precise. So mm -hmm. that that's, that's in the near future. If the, you know, if I can get the wife convinced, I need it, Which she's the one that brought it up, which is even better. So. Oh, that's <laughs> a win -win. yeah. I, I but tell you what I did. I, I just got rid of both of mine um, because you know, I went to a, I went to a full built in cabinet in my cigar lounge at home. But uh, before that, in my office, I had two of the um, 120 bottle wine, the wine coolers. So just found yeah. them on, found them on offer up. I think I got them for like 200 bucks each. And, um, then I went on, I, I went to one of my local shops and I picked up the cigar oasis 3.0. Mm -hmm. Um, the, you know, the big cigar oasis with the new one with the beads and everything. And just slapped that thing in there, ran the power cord out the front. You know, it's a magnetic seal. It's not going to hurt anything. And, um, man, that those things work. I had both of those going full time and, you know, it holds about, Right around about six thousand cigars between the two, and and I tell you, it was they never had an issue. It was always perfectly temperature controlled. You know, even here in Arizona, the humidity was always perfect. When the compressor kicked on, which people were worried about, it does dry the air, but it'd bring it down about five ticks on the humidity, and then we would, you know, then that cigar oasis would kick right in and yeah. ramp that humidity right back up. So it was never more than ten minutes at a time that it was. 
you know, any rel- anywhere near low humidity, which is not going to affect cigars. Yeah. So yeah, you I'm can a- do them with, you don't have to buy anything special. You can literally just like go and find a used, uh, you know, wine cooler unit and just yeah stuff it full of cigars. You don't have to cedar line it. You don't have to do anything special. And then get an active, what I tell everybody is if you've got a larger system, get an active humidity, you know, humidification like a cigar oasis. And those things work great. Yeah, that's one I haven't tried yet. I, I've been thinking about trying it once I move up to the next size. Yeah, well, yeah, I run three of them now. So I've got one in my I've got one in my collector humidor, and then I've got two in the in the now cabinet humidor because it's you know holds about seven thousand cigars in the new built-in, um, and you know so I run two of the Oasis in there just to make sure and have that redundancy to make sure that we're holding the humidity right. Nice. Well, that's what I always tell yeah. people too is you know like you said you got yours at a discount. Um, I think I picked up mine on, I think it was Facebook marketplace. And I mean, you know, that thing goes for like 250 bucks or something like that. And I think I got it for 80 bucks on Facebook marketplace, brand new in the box. And, you know, you could, if you look around, you can definitely find a nicer humidor and not have to spend, you know, top dollar. If you, if you're not looking to spend that right away, mm-hmm. I mean, it's always nice to buy brand new, but if you, if you can't, that's a great way to do it. Find a, you know, a local goodwill or something like that. You can usually find something. Yeah, and you don't have to go through all the trouble of cedar lining. Everybody thinks that you have to cedar line everything. You have to cedar line, and you don't, especially if you have an active humidity system. You really don't because this all the cedar is doing is it's helping to swell and seal that wood on a desktop humidor, and it's also helping to hold in some of that moisture. Uh, with an active system, you just don't need that, especially yeah. when you're going to that large. You're going to have a lot of stuff in boxes anyways, which are cedar. I mean, you already have the cedar in there in the boxes. Yeah. It makes it easy. So, so when it comes to your reviews, Rob, uh, you know everybody's got their own style. Uh, how often are you putting out content? How often do you review? Is it sort of as it comes? What's what's your what's your style? It, it's kind of been as it comes. Um, I try to get at least a couple of reviews minimum a week done. Um, some weeks it's been more. A couple of weeks it's been a little bit less. But I usually try to get at least two out per week, and then I'm posting all the other cigars that I'm smoking because I smoke all day long every day. So <laughs> it's a tough life. It's tough. Somebody's it's on the pocketbook. Though. Somebody has to do it, man. I'll tell you. Living the dream for some people. Yeah. Yeah. To some people. Yeah. I, yeah. I do try to, I do try to get content out as much as possible. And I mean, cause that's, that's just the best way to connect with people and to, um, you know, to connect with newer people because I've got a lot of newer um, people following my page. So it's just nice to be able to have something out there for someone to make a comment and then you can actually get into a conversation with them. Mm-hmm. Now, do you find that a lot of the people that follow you uh, are engaging to the point where they're asking where they can get it or how did you hear about it or or anything like that? Or is it mostly comments of I've had that before? Does it seem like most of your your followers are are well versed in cigars and have tried a lot of what you've had and are just uh, enjoying your content and what you're putting out? Or do you get a lot of newer cigar smoker questions? I get a little bit of both. It, it depends on the cigar. You know, like I I've smoked a, a lot of the um, the Viva La Vida line, um, mm-hmm. really good cigars there too. And of yep. course, that's something you see around a little bit more than say the Martinez or whatever. And um, so it just depends on the cigar. Um, I get a lot of a lot of people asking me, regardless of their um, knowledge of cigars or what, 
about where I've gotten those cigars from and how to get in touch with them. So on the reviews, I typically put in the, um, the website of where they can get in touch with that brand, whether it be, you know, where they can buy them from or where they can um, learn more about the product. So that's my daughter, Chloe. <laughs> Hi, daughter. Hi, Chloe. <laughs> but yeah, that's, so, daughter, I mean, that's my youngest. Yeah. She'll be a senior this year. Oh, nice. very cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, it's a little bit of both. I mean, I, I, I enjoy both conversations because a lot of the newer smokers don't really know what they like yet. Um, so if right. you can talk, talk to them on a personal level and, and really narrow down some of the questions as opposed to just, you know, this is a good cigar or I rated this an 89. Well, why did you rate that an 89? And will that really fit? You know, if you rate a, a full bodied cigar an 89 and it's a new smoker, it's probably not going to be for him at that right. point. Right. Uh, it may be, but it probably won't be. I mean, that's, that's one thing for me. I, I started out on strong cigars and I've never looked back. I mean, I, I like every, you know, every range now, but you know, when I first started, I was smoking strong stuff and I've always liked it and it's never really affected me. So, so that would be a reason why you enjoy like the, the series 45 from, from Martinez. Cause it's, it's much more on the medium plus to full bodied along with the, yeah. uh, the, um, the flat iron, you know, both of those are definitely stronger cigars. So that's, that's much more your, your palate sounds like. Yeah. I mean, I, I do like a, a good medium. I mean, sometimes you get a nice medium Habano that's more in that medium range that just the flavors just pop on it. Um, mm -hmm. But a lot of times you get that, that, you know, full strength Habano or even some of the Maduros and it just comes alive with a lot of the flavors and the spice and all that. And it's just, I don't know. I think, I think you can find really good cigars in about any, any level of um, strength or body as well. Well, especially these days with all the great boutique lines that are out and smaller stuff that's out there, you can find, I mean, back in the day, there, there just wasn't a ton of flavor in a Connecticut. It was just, you were putting a mild smoke into the air. Yeah. You know, and now that there's just so there's so much more options out there, um, and a lot of these boutique brands have come out with such great blends that they're um, that they're working, and you're able to get that those full flavor notes. I got Paul Boozer right behind the camera here, <laughs> dancing around because he opened up my humidor. Now he's shaking his ass at me. So I'm a little distracted here. <laughs> I love this community, man. I'm telling you. But, I mean, that's the cool thing about the, like, even like in the Connecticut blends now, you're finding these full flavored with these milder profiles. Um, so you're not having to sacrifice your flavor for strength um, anymore because the, just the blends that are coming out are just great. Yeah, and I, I, I like the fact that you see a lot of these people pushing the envelope a little bit with the the – stereotypes of cigars you know everyone thinks that connecticut's just a mild cigar well there's some pretty pretty strong connecticut's out there now and, mm -hmm. and they're and they're fantastic um so it's really nice to yeah. that they're starting to play with those blends and, I, and that's what i feel like the boutique um brands have been able to do is come in and push the envelope a little bit further to where they're not sticking to the stereotypes as much because you're a specific brand and everyone knows what you do so it's it's really been kind of cool to see all these boutiques do what they're doing yeah, it's nice yeah. When, when one of the things that I love about the boutique aspect of the cigar industry is they they've got almost in some ways a little more freedom to sort of 
blend and do things the way they want because a lot of the heritage lines there there's a uh, an understanding as to what they put out and how they do it but i've noticed the last yeah. couple of years there have been quite a few heritage lines that have put out things that reflect trends that the boutique industry has started out with like doing a connecticut that's got some spicy pepper notes to it that traditionally mm -hmm. that's not a connecticut at all you know and and they were strictly a, a connecticut is a connecticut and it's mild and it's buttery and it's creamy and you get the graham crackers you know all the different things with it but then you get some other ones like the Casa Cuevas, you know, Reserve and Natural that is a peppery Connecticut that gives you a full experience that is a great Connecticut for someone that wants to graduate from being a beginner smoker, you know, and moving forward. But I love how the boutique industry and those manufacturers have really opened the door for sort of changing the mindset as to what each specific car should be like, whether it's a a Maduro or a Corojo or, you know, all of it. there are some new stereotypes that are, you know, coming out or some new, they're breaking the mold essentially. And I love seeing that in the industry because it's ever changing and it's not the same as it was 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 50, 60 years ago when, you know, grandpa was sitting back on the porch in his rocking chair smoking a stogie at the end of the day. It's changed dramatically since then. Yeah. Yeah, there, there is. There, there's just so much good stuff coming out. And I think you're finding in the boutique lines, you know, you look at like Martinez Cigars and some of these other guys, you know, they're having, they're really putting a lot of effort in because, you know, they don't, and we've talked about this before, they don't have the huge marketing dollars that a lot of these big companies have. And so their cigars really have. Oh, he froze up. You're there. We got you. Am I back now? Yeah, you're back. Yeah. <laughs> Martina, There's too many people coming here. Everybody's using interwebs right now. No, but you, you look. You look at guys like. Uh, you look at guys like Martina Cigars, and they're putting in that extra effort. You know, here at Big Six, Palos Grandes, you know, they're they're putting in extra effort because they they need to stand out. They need the cigars to stand on their own because they don't have the big marketing dollars to attract, you know, the higher ratings or, you know, all those to build buy some of that stuff that some of these bigger guys do. When you don't have a million dollar advertising budget, you know, it's kind of like us here. You're doing your reviews. You know, we're we're doing the you know we've got the podcast. How do we stand out and be different? And how do we make that, how do we bring that value to the consumer so that, you know, because we don't have this big multi-million dollar advertising budget to get it out in front of everybody. So it's got to be a word of mouth. It's got to be, you know, that value has to be there. And we're finding these boutique brands are just doing such a great job of that. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, I think it's been fun to watch that. Um, envelope being just pushed on beyond what anyone ever thought. I mean, that's one of the things I saw through the the Blackbird line. Um, each one of their cigars were unique that I smoked, and each one had just exploding flavor. And you think you, you think that out of a, a Drew Estate, you know, type infused type cigar, but when you get a tobacco that comes up with these nuttiness and the creaminess and all that stuff that, that comes with a really good blended cigar. Yeah, it's really fun to to see what they can do and see how far they can push it. And I'm I'm really excited. I'm hoping that hoping they continue to do that and they don't fall back into some of the old patterns. And I I don't think unless unless the government gets involved, I don't think that um, that they're going to stop. I think it's just going to continue to grow and and be just that much more fun for all of us to love to smoke them. 
Yeah, I mean, you yeah. you look at the PCAs, you know, obviously not happening in TPE and all these different trade shows and Big Smoke and, you know, all these different Rocky Mountain that, you know, just announced a couple of days ago that it's, it's, you know, canceling due to coronavirus and everything. But you look at all these different trade shows, manufacturers aren't slowing down in their releases. They're not no. slowing down and going, oh, well, because of what we don't know might happen, we're going to just stop. They're still creating. They're still putting stuff out there and they're still pushing forward because they need to. But it also allows us yeah. to see really what they're capable of in these times where even though it's indecisive what the future looks like, they're still saying, I, I don't care. I'm moving forward because the industry always moves forward. Right. Exactly. Well, and beyond that, they're bringing back some of the old stuff that was so great in the back yes. in the day. And they're bringing a lot of back. They're bringing a lot of these old blends back in that were so flavorful. And now that with the the availabilities and the technology and everything that we have with the tobacco today, you know, they're able to to get these you know, what were smaller releases back then. They're able to get them out into the larger releases and make them more available, so that everybody can have access to some of these great, great blends that existed. You know before I was smoking for some of these companies. Um, and, and that's what they're, they're being forced to do is re-release older stuff, but we haven't seen it in so long that, you know, it's, it's new to us. It's exciting. It's fun because so many people have not been in the, if you've been around for 20, 30 years smoking cigars, you probably remember some of the stuff that's coming out again, but it's new to so many of our cigar smokers right now. And that's, that's exciting. Oh, it absolutely yeah. is. I mean, you listen to people like like Matt Booth, who's talked about some of his old stuff that he's done, which isn't very far in the past, but it's far enough in the past that people, unless they've been smoking for you know a number of years, don't remember it, and they're going, "Oh, what is this? This is amazing!" And obviously, that's one example that isn't very far in the past. But he's not the only one. There are a lot of people that are bringing stuff back from twenty years ago, twenty five years ago, when a lot of different yep. things were changing even then in the industry. And it's cool that it's almost a reintroduction of what was a really good cigar that at that time yeah yeah and that's that's yeah. one of the things like you look back at the old the old camachos and um yeah, how, how good those were and then you know there for a long time they just kind of got bland a little you know they were not not near as good as they used to be right and then you then you see now the like the uh, the aladino cameroon and the aladino mm -hmm. corojo reserva and it's like and it's like yeah and the auroras they're all kind of coming back to that old you know, awesome mm -hmm. cigar that that was around, and it's it's been fun to see what they've done with with their brand, and you know, creating these old but new cigars that people just love. Mm -hmm. Yep, I mean, we sat with um, Spencer Drake with La Familia Robina, you know, recently, and and talked with him, and just what he was able to share of you know Christian Aroa and you know all the different people at the time, and what they were doing, and who they're with now, and what they're creating, and and bringing back blends and ideas and flavor notes that were there in the blends and you know recreating them and doing them even though it's a you know a different brand that it falls under that it's you know that it's not a row of creating stuff that's for camacho and you know, all those other things but the fact that they're still in that mindset knowing that it was so successful to bring it back to where we are now for us as reviewers is a great thing because we get to go and sort of take a, a trip back in time to 20 25 years ago 15 years ago and go wow th this is what they were putting out then and this is what's coming back out now it's like a whole nother revival and the cycle starting over again yeah and i'll tell you back when i when i first started smoking cigars was which was in the early 90s early to mid 90s um you know the only you know where i learned was at the golf course i started smoking cigars at the golf course because that was the only place in my in my realm that had them so i 
you know, go there, grab a couple beers, grab a cigar and go out and play golf. And, um, you know, you had the, you had the standards, you had the Cohibas and the Partagas and the Romeos and Monte Cristos. And really that's, that was kind of your, your wheelhouse and they were good, but I didn't know what good cigars were until I started really getting back into it. Heavily. Exactly. I mean, I, I smoked occasionally during that time, but really in the last five years, I've gotten into it heavy again. And yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a whole new world now. It's a fun world to be a part of. That's for sure. Yeah. It is amazing when you get exposed to some of that stuff, especially when you're used to some of that older stuff that you were smoking, that's been around for ages and it has its place, but then you get exposed to some of these boutique brands and you go, Holy crap, this is what I've been missing. Like there's so much more. It's kind of like, you know, you're the, you're the Bud Light drinker. For the longest time, there's nothing wrong with Bud Light. It has its place, obviously, because they sell everywhere. Yep. But then you get experience to something that's maybe a local brewery in your area. Then you try one of their you know, Pilsners or their IPAs, and you go, wow, there's so much here that I've been missing by drinking this Bud Light all these years. And, and it doesn't mean you're not going to go back and drink a Bud Light again. But you're still, man, there's so much more out there than what you, know, you may be used to. And, and that's what I love about like our role and my job on a daily basis is we get to expose people to these things that they just don't realize that they're missing. There's yeah, I think, so much in there. I think that's a great comparison too with, with the cigar world is, you know, the, from what the real big, in, the big beer industry was and with um, the craft brew industry now, that's what we're seeing with the, the big, the older brands to the boutique line now. And I, I love to see how people are just pushing it in the in the craft beer world as well as in the cigar world mm-hmm. too yeah and you're starting to see that yeah. a lot in distilling as well you know get a lot of craft yeah. distilleries out there that are pushing the the bounds a little bit and it's it's kind of fun if you if you like exploring that kind of stuff yeah it is yeah. fun. i mean granted jameson isn't a craft distillery but i mean i'm having the um the cold cold brew i went blank on it for a second i'm having the cold brew you know whiskey right now and it's you've it's, had too much <laughs> I, I haven't had enough but, uh, but it's delicious and being able to blend you know not having the personally the, the the grapefruit tangerine papaya beers is not up my alley i enjoy some of no. the unique stuff uh but you know, being able to appreciate that they're evolving. There are so many industries like cigars that are evolving and that are adapting and continuing to push forward and you can blend them together. You can have a great craft, you know, beer with, you know, a newer cigar or a, you know, a barber pole or whatever. If you, you know, you can mix it up. There's some different things that are going on that are all harmonious to each other, whether it's the wine industry, the cigar industry. I mean, let's face it. It's, it's all the same mindset is what can I continue to put out? That's going to be new that people are going to enjoy that still keeps us fresh in their minds. And I love that about the cigar industry and being part of it and being able to do what we do one as a reviewer, but two with down to the nub and being part of the community. I love that about it because Brandon and I will talk to somebody and be like, Oh, I just tried, you know, this, the Aladino, you know, Cameroon and just like, Oh my goodness, this is just phenomenal. Or I just tried this one or I tried that one or, you know, the Espinosa Crema, man, I didn't realize that was the perfect breakfast cigar. You know, there's, there are so many different cigars mm-hmm. out there. Crema. 
now that are, I mean, the creme is phenomenal, but there's mm. cigars out there now that are so good that it, it, I mean, you almost wonder why the cigar industry as a whole hasn't banded together and they're knocking on the door of the FDA saying back off, back off, back off, because yeah. there's so much good stuff coming out and the tax revenue from all of it is just incredible. Obviously, we're not in favor of taxes going up and up and up like they are right, and, right. You know, proposed in Colorado and all these different places, but there's so much good that's going on that that we we have to be able to stand up as a reviewer as a you know content creator and go no this is why it has to stay the way that it is right now so that we can continue evolving yeah and i, I really feel like you you hit on some things there the the reason why we have such a large younger group of people coming into cigars is because it's starting to fall into the line of the craft beer and the, and the craft distillery where they're interested in trying new things. They're interested in trying the new flavors and stuff like that. So it, it makes perfect sense why now we're starting to see a younger you know, demographic of people coming in and at least giving it a shot, whether they stick with it or not, they're at least trying it. And it's not so taboo that it's the, you know, the old guy that smokes, you know, one brand all, <laughs> all the time, which yeah. is nothing wrong with that. I mean, I'm, that's, that's totally fine. That's not yeah. me. You know, I'm, I'm smoking something different every day. And I yeah. think, you know, I'm, and I'm an old guy, I'm 51. So, you know, I, I think the, um, the younger people, they're wanting something new every day. They're wanting to try something different all the time. And, and I, I love seeing young people come to me. I've got some 21 year olds that come to me and said, man, I want to, I want to try cigars out. I'm like, awesome. You know, the more, you know, more pe young people we can get into it, the bigger this industry gets and we all win. So Yep. Well, and, and that's where the cigar industry is different than I'm a huge car guy. Obviously, Brandon is too, hence cigar mechanic. Yeah. But, what? Yeah, right. What, what, you <laughs> but the you look specifically at the auto industry, the hot rod industry specifically. That is unfortunately a dying art form and a dying demographic in the auto industry because it's perceived as, oh, the boomers have their hot rods and they've got their deuce coupes and they've got the muscle cars and they've got all these different things. But a lot of the people that are you know, in, in my generation and younger are, are not appreciating the, the craft and the art just, you know, the artistry that's behind it. And unfortunately it's, it's falling to the wayside, which is a tragedy because that's where the auto industry started and really put itself on the map. And that's very different than what the cigar industry is doing because the cigar industry is continuing to keep the younger, you know, obviously appropriately aged, but the younger age demographic involved and, and, you know, bring it in. And yet, you know, they may start with, you know, infused or flavored cigars, but you look at the trends and the tracking and where they are. And within a couple of years of that, they're going towards the Connecticut's and the Habanos and the Maduro's and, you know, and, and all these different ones or the Candelas, the Corojos, you know, all the different ones. There's so much out there for them to try that it, it, they're, they're, sticking with it as opposed to an industry like the auto industry where unfortunately they're just not caring to pay attention. Yeah. And I think that conversation is really good for young people too, is because you can really assume pretty quickly that a young person or a woman starting to smoke cigars is going to want a flavored stick. And that I found that that's not the case more often than not. Mm -mm. And yep. um, so I, I never tried to do that stereotype because I've, I've seen people stereotype a, a woman that walks in and, she knows 10 <laughs> times more about cigars than what he does. Oh, and, right? you know, it, it's it fun to cool. watch that from afar, but I don't want to be on the receiving end of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. When you offer a Connecticut, 
<laughs> yeah, when you when you offer a Connecticut and she goes, no, 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 I want a triple Maduro, and you're like, oh, yeah. my bad. Yeah, I'll take, uh, yeah. and she I'll goes, I've been smoking Jacob's for 25 lottery. years, and I know more than you do. And you know, what do you have yeah. in a Brazilian Matafina? I want some good spice no, you, and flavor. You, it's like, whoa. Yeah. You learn you learn real quick to just ask, you know, what is it that you enjoy smoking? What have you smoked before? And find that out before you start judging and thinking what you know, make a judgment on what you think somebody enjoyed or what they smoked. Yep, exactly. That's so the that's, last thing it, you want to do. But that's oh, part, of the, part of the fun. <laughs> yeah. And, but that is part of the fun, getting in that oh, conversation yeah. and really, really talking about something you love. And it's not hard to spark up a conversation with someone that's in the humidor and they look over at you and ask you, ask you a question. You know, that, that starts a conversation and typically ends in a friendship. So it's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I always love it, man. It's, it's funny because, you know, just as, as just human beings, I think we've been kind of, uh, you know, cultured to, to say no when somebody offers a help in a, in a retail situation, because you're afraid you're going to get sold Yeah, and nobody wants to be sold. And so, you know, I get to walk in the humidor and, Hey, can I help you find something? Are you finding everything? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine. I know exactly what I'm looking for. Oh, cool. What is it you enjoy smoking? Well, you know, I like a, a good da, 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 da. Before you know it, you're engulfed in this conversation. You're, you know, they're they're taking your recommendations. They're you know walking out with a couple of the sticks that, you know, they haven't tried before, mm-hmm. and it's not. It's great because it's not a sales pitch industry for for myself or for any of us. It's hey, I've been there before. Let me help. You know, let me help. You know, let me help you expand your palate and find something new. Yeah. And, it's really is that quick rent the relationship. And if you get a chance, you go sit down outside and you or you know, in the lounge and you have a cigar with the person and get to know them and you run into them again later and you remember their name. And it's just, it's such a relationship industry and we have to keep that true. And we have to keep the integrity of that alive in this industry. Yeah. yeah. And that's one of the reasons I want to be in it so much because I, that's the part of my job I do enjoy is the relationships and, and, you know, helping someone else with what they need. And um, this is a great industry to be a part of that. Yep, it absolutely is. So, Rob, as we start to wind this down, where can people find you, connect with you, get to know you better and and be able to, you know, really see what you do as Final Third Cigar and your, your content? How can people connect with you? Sure. Um, best place is on Instagram. It's at Final Third Cigar, all spelled out. Um, and then also the website is finalthirdcigar.com. Um, those are my two main platforms. Some stuff goes to Facebook, but I really don't keep up on that as much. It seems like most of the content um, is being driven to Instagram just because that's where people are. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are the two, two best places for me to get a hold of me. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, well listen, Rob, we really appreciate your time and taking the time out of your day to be here. Yeah, I know family is important and, you know, we've all got things that we've got to do. And, um, you know, it's an honor and a blessing to have you here you know, on the podcast with us today. And, and to, you know, anytime somebody's willing to give their time, yes, that's the one thing we don't get back in life. And, you know, you'll be willing to give that time to us, man. We greatly, greatly appreciate that. And I know the listeners well, do as well. Well, same back at you guys. I really enjoyed this and enjoy connecting with you. And this has been a lot of fun. Oh yeah, when we connected a couple weeks ago and talked, and it was like, no, we we got to get together. We gotta we gotta hang out and talk. So I'm I'm glad you were able to to give us some time and that it was all able to work out and we could schedule it. But we greatly appreciate it and and thank you. And for those of us or those of our listeners and viewers, make sure you go and follow Rob. At, you know, at Final Third Cigar and connect with him because uh, he's putting out great content. So I appreciate it, guys. Really do. Absolutely. Thank you, Rob. We'll uh, we, we will definitely be talking soon. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, guys. 
All right, take care. All right, man. Have a great evening. Bye. I love his perspective as someone that is just part of the industry. He puts out content and he's there to help because a lot of content creators yeah. I've come to realize put out content and, you know, not that they're, you know, don't talk to me kind of a mindset, but there are some that are out there that are like, I put out my content and I'll pay attention to you when I can, but he's there and he's engaging and he's, yeah, you know, you want to do this, you want to do that, you, you know, what's your palate? And he, he engages with the community and that's, that's what it's all about. Well, and you can tell that his, his excitement is in the relationship and what this community is really about. And when you have a passion for that side of it, um, it stands through and it shows through very, very strong. And, you know, we need more people like that to express what this community is really about, because it's not it's not all about the cigar. It's about that relationship you have. And that cigar is what connects the two people and allow that relationship to blossom and to become something. And so that's what's important. And seeing guys like him that are willing to keep that alive and express that to the masses, what a blessing, man. Oh, yeah. And, and just such a great down-to-earth guy. I, I love how, yeah. how Down to the Nub has been able to communicate and collaborate and talk with so many people that are just down to earth and love the industry for what it is and love being able to be a part of the industry. It's not an egotistical thing. It's not a, I'm better than you. It's we're all part of the community and let's help it grow. Exactly. Exactly, man. Well, dude, I think this is just, just another great show. I mean, yep. just another great show with another great guest and, and just such a blessing, man. So uh, I'm super excited for, for the future here. I know we've got some really big stuff coming up. Oh yeah, uh, and there's there's just some there's some amazing, really cool announcements coming out, and as we continue to grow, um, man, I'm so, I'm just I'm so excited for what's coming up, man. Yep, it's gonna be great. And if you want to follow along with what we're doing and what the big announcement is, in fact, by the time this airs, the announcement will be out. So true. Let's, let's <laughs> make you be involved by following down to the nub and so many other podcasters that we've recently aligned ourselves with. And I can't say it now, but by the time this airs, everybody will know what we mean by that. So follow along with the journey with what all of us are doing. And you can follow us specifically at down to the nub on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And then we've got our Patreon page. If you would like to support us, we've got some really cool ideas and things that we're going to be doing for our Patreon supporters just to show them appreciation for supporting the show and covering costs and helping the show take place. Yeah. So with that, guys, we thank you all so much for your time. We appreciate everything that you guys do to support Down to the Nub and to support all the guests that we have here on the show. We try to bring you the most quality guests, the people that truly understand the the industry and what this is about. And they're out there spreading that word and making sure this industry stays alive for what it is. So we appreciate your time because, again, we know that's very, very valuable. And anytime somebody's willing to share that time with us, we, we just feel blessed as, you know, I'll speak for Tim. We feel, we feel incredibly blessed and just, um, just so thankful for you and everything that you guys are doing. Yes. Thank you so much, everybody. This is going to wrap up episode 12 of down to the nub. Thank you again to Rob, uh, Boylan for coming on and sharing his time with us, but we will catch you in the next one. See you again.